Well, this is the Sunday before Independence Day. And I see some uh, rather patriotic colors over here in the choir. And last night in my neighborhood, it sounded like the war for independence was being fought all over again. I don't know if it's the same way for you, but the fireworks were going into the evening, late evening, and early morning, apparently. But it's a special time of year for us as Americans, and we tend to talk about uh, freedom. And so that's what the focus of our epistle today is. In Romans 6, Paul writes, Therefore, do not let sin exercise dominion in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. No longer present your members to sin as instruments of wickedness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and present your members to God as instruments of righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law, but under grace. What then? Should we sin because we are not under law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that you, having once been slaves of sin, have become obedient from the heart to the form of teaching to which you were entrusted, and that you, having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to greater and greater iniquity, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness for sanctification. When you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. So what advantage did you then get from the things of which you are now are ashamed? The end of those things is death. But now that you have been freed from sin and enslaved to God, the advantage you get is sanctification. The end is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, every year around Independence Day, we start to think uh, a little bit more in depth about our freedom. The July 4th celebration kicks into high gear. The barbecues go. The fireworks explode into the night sky. And we truly do celebrate and love our freedom as Americans. And I think that most of us appreciate the fact that our freedom was won at a high price and is maintained and perpetuated with the blood and sacrifice of many patriotic and selfless men and women around the country, around the globe, who serve and continue to serve faithfully. I think we appreciate that, don't we? We appreciate that all year long, not just 
on special holidays. This morning, I want to remind all of us that the patriotic celebration of freedom that we express every year around this time is really a byproduct of a God-given freedom that was won for us not 241 years ago, but more than 2,000 years ago with the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus into which we were gifted new birth into eternal freedom with Christ. See, it's not so much about the birth of a nation as it is about the new birth of an entire people. And so Paul here in Romans 6 is telling us as believers in Christ that we must not continue as slaves to sin, but rather in the freedom of God. Too often I think we misunderstand how God intends for us to use the freedom He has given us through Christ. I think that's evident in the world today. And I I remind you of what Paul says in Galatians 5. He says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. For you were called to freedom, brothers and sisters. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for self-indulgence. But through love become slaves to one another. For the whole law is summed up in a single commandment. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Do we use our freedom for self-indulgence? For self-indulgence in this country these days? What do you think? And does our self-indulgence sometimes come across as unloving on occasion? I think it does. See, freedom comes with responsibility and the free will that God gave us comes with the ability to make choices. And the question is, do we make choices out of love of self or out of love for our neighbors? Now, by and large, I think it's safe to say that those who make unloving choices have a warped sense of freedom. What do I mean by that? Well, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I think it's worth repeating that many people erroneously think that freedom is autonomy. Autonomy. That's the ability to do whatever you choose without fear of judgment from a higher authority. The truth is that nothing in God's creation has autonomy because we live by the limits that the sovereign God places on us. And our freedom is limited by God's freedom and only God has absolute freedom. Does this sound familiar to you? See, society today leads towards secular humanism. That's human autonomy. And we tend to cry about things like equal rights and tolerance and diversity. And we call that liberty. And if we don't like the restrictions that are placed on us by God's word, scripture, then we simply ignore scripture in the name of everything that we cry about. And we tend to think that our watchword should be fairness when, according to God's 
plan, it should be righteousness. And what we tend to do then is we replace real God-given freedom and liberty with this slavery of universalism, where anything and everything goes, where even evil is called good and acceptable. And when we do that, we tend to mistake tolerance for love. When the lack of accountability that comes with tolerance is often the most unloving thing that we could possibly do to another person. Because when we turn a blind eye to unrighteousness for fear of offending them, when we do that, we clear the pathway to hell for them. Because there's no accountability for the unrighteous. That doesn't mean that we lord it over people as Christians and point the finger because usually when you point the finger, there's a thumb and four other fingers, three other fingers at least pointed back at you, right? But accountability is important. And tolerance for things that are evil is not a loving thing to do. And here's the truth about liberty. When we accept that our liberty is God-given and therefore under His authority, when we submit to His authority that's given to us in His Word, the Bible, when we cease rebellious efforts to be autonomous and make our own rules, then and only then do we enjoy real freedom. So what Paul is saying here in Romans 6 is that you must not give sin a vote in the way that you conduct your lives. You have choices, but you have to choose wisely. Don't give sin the time of day. Don't even run little errands throughout your day that are connected with your old way of life. Throw yourselves, Paul is saying, wholeheartedly and full time into God's way of doing things. Sin can't tell you how to live unless you let it. And you're not living under the old tyranny of sin any longer once you choose Jesus. You're living in the freedom of God. So then what is true freedom? Well, Paul says that Since we're out from under the old tyranny, does that mean we can live any old way we want? Since we're free in the freedom of God, can we do anything that comes to mind? Hardly. You know well enough from your own experience that there are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. That's a very wise statement, Paul There are some acts of so-called freedom that destroy freedom. Offer yourselves to sin, for instance, and it becomes your last free act. But offer yourself to the ways of God and the freedom never quits. All your lives, you've let sin tell you what to do, but thank God you started listening to a new master, one whose commands set you free to live openly in his freedom. 
Paul says, I'm using this freedom language because it's easy to picture. You can readily recall, can't you, how at one time, the more you did just what you felt like doing, not caring about others, not caring about God, the worse your life became and the less freedom you had. And how much different is it now as you live in God's freedom? Your life's healed and expansive in holiness. And as long as you did what you felt like doing, ignoring God, you didn't have to bother with thinking rightly or living rightly or doing anything right for that matter. But do you call that a free life, Paul says? What did you get out of it? Nothing you're proud of now. Where did it get you? Nothing but a dead end. I can tell you that the prisons are full of people who had the freedom to make their own choices. And they chose sin. But now that you've found you don't have to listen to sin tell you what to do and have discovered the delight of listening to God telling you what a surprise. A whole, healed, put together life right now with more and more of life on the way. Work hard for sin. Your whole life and your pension is death. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. What's the lesson Paul's given us today? He's telling us that when you celebrate your freedom this week, remember to take time to acknowledge the source of that freedom. Remember to take time to thank God for the gift of his one and only son who died on the cross for your eternal freedom. Because if you're going to be enslaved to anything, be enslaved to Christ, wherein rests eternal life in the freedom of God. Because your life, your freedom was purchased with the blood of your Savior. And he is victorious in his battle over the tyranny of sin. Mine eyes have seen the glory. Of the coming of the Lord. He is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath are stored. He hath loosed the fateful lightning of his terrible swift sword. His truth is marching on. He has sounded forth the trumpet that shall never call retreat. He is sifting out the hearts of men before his judgment seat. Oh, be swift, my soul, to answer him. Be jubilant, my feet. Our God is marching on. You know it. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Our God, his truth is marching on. See, his victory over sin and death is your victory. His resurrection is your resurrection. And to that we can all say glory, glory, hallelujah.
Happy birthday, America. May God bless America. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.